0: episode is sponsored by Moving Beyond the Page, homeschool curriculum for hands-on, creative, and gifted learners. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com.
1: Welcome to the Savvy Homeschool Moms podcast, episode number 21. In this episode, the moms talk about field trips galore, Google Earth, the earthquake, and homeschooled co-ops.
2: <laughs> Mom,
1: Honey, where's my glasses? Can I have a drink? Why is a dog wearing a tutu? Where are my shoes? Honey, is this one of your science projects in the fridge? I'm hungry. I'm Tina. I'm
0: Becky. And And we're we're the Savvy Homeschool Homeschool Moms. moms. So, Tina, what's the time code this week to skip to the end of our chit-chat? 23 minutes, 50 seconds.
1: So, Becky... What have you been up to these last 20 days?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it has been 20 days since we recorded. Oh, um, actually, I'm doing much, much better. I'm not completely 100%, but I'm definitely doing better. And um, before we get started, I just want to thank everybody who um, has been understanding and who has sent positive message and wish- messages and wishes for me and everything. I really super appreciate it. It really makes me feel like people appreciate what we're doing out there. So thank you guys so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, let's see. So two weeks ago, we started with the new curriculum that we got, right with the best.
1: Oh, right, yes.
0: And um, we've been really enjoying that a lot. Um, we um, we're still on the twenty thousand leagues under the sea chapter. Yeah, there um, too. <laughs> but it's been so much fun. We really enjoyed listen, uh, reading that, and and. Um, and oh we had so much fun with the thesaurus we were going through the thesaurus looking up all the the words and stuff and I let Danielle pick out the ones she liked the best you know and I love the idea of before you start writing looking up words and like looking up other things besides nice and it was nice and it was good and you know those (laughs) kinds of things you know (laughs) like looking up other words for it I think that's a fantastic idea so we've really been enjoying that a lot and that's one of the ones that we're going to be reviewing in the future because the publisher sent us to us but um at this point i just want to put in a quick plug saying that we're enjoying it so far but of course we'd like to use it a little bit more before we do an official review on it
1: yes us too
0: Yes, and then um, oh, we had a really funny thing. This was two weeks ago now. Um, Danielle <laughs> Danielle was reading, reading, and kind of not reading. She was has it memorized mostly, so she wasn't exactly reading every word. Chicka chicka boom boom to her brother, uh-huh. and it was hilarious because I was listening to her, and she was saying, you know, chicka chicka boom boom. Will there be enough room? But she says, A told B, and B told C. I'll beat you at the top of the coconut tree. <laughs> Danielle's version is a little bit more violent than I remember the story. <laughs> I, was, I was cracking up because we were bed schooling. So, you know, we were all sitting around on my, and I have a queen size bed. So we're all packed in there pretty close when we're bed schooling. Yep. And um and I was cracking up. It was so funny. And like, they're looking at me like, what's so funny? And I had to explain, it's beat you to the top of the coconut tree. And I'll beat you at the top of the coconut tree. <laughs> I just had to share that because that was the funniest thing ever. That's funny. You know that whole that whole saying. Why did they call it homeschooling when we're never at home? Yeah, I feel like that's been us the past two weeks. I know. Um, We went. We went to um, see. We started out with, um, we went to Single Palm Pumpkin Patch, which is a great family-run pumpkin patch out here in Fresno. Mm-hmm. And I wish everybody would have a pumpkin patch like this. I mean, the oh, yeah. people that run, the family that runs it are fantastic. I absolutely adore them. I've been going there every year since they opened. And mm-hmm. so... Um, I've gotten to be good friends with Troy and his wife and the grandparents and everything. And, and in fact, they recognized us when we came out there this time. Oh, nice. It was, well, I think it has a lot to do with, you know, how many people come out there with, you know, rainbow-colored hair like I have. but <laughs> 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 And plus, I went out there with my Scouts, my Spiral Scouts. Uh-huh. And so I think he probably remembers our spirals, my Spiral Scouts group, too. Uh-huh. But um, I love that the pumpkin patch actually has the pumpkins still on the vine, you know? Oh, yeah, it's the only one. Cut them out. It's not like a parking lot, you know? Right, and on top of that, they always have the great educational stuff out there, you know, because uh, I don't know if you know this, but Troy's wife's a teacher, uh-huh. and so she puts together all the educational stuff they do out there, and did you guys, see, did you guys go to story time this time with Grandma Pumpkin?
1: No, she was down there, but she wasn't reading. She was oh. just sitting there. So I don't know if we were supposed to go down there. And yeah, it was kind of, of free flow when we were there t- this time.
0: It always is. It, at least it seems that way to us. But yeah, if you went down there, Grandma Pumpkin would read you a story. And she actually has like the felt board and everything to illustrate the story. Uh-huh. And that was super cute. We got face painting and all that. So that was the, that was our, like our first one. And then um, that was on Sunday. And then on Thursday, we went to Valley Lavosh Bakery, which is a local bakery here in Fresno that makes traditional Armenian bread, and they also make traditional pita, and it's not pita with a t a, but pita with a d a, and mm. also a traditional Armenian bread. It's very spongy, super tasty, and so we got to go. and They they it, because it's a working factory. They only mm-hmm. let a few people go through it at a time. So, like, you can't go with a huge group. You have to go with just, like, your family. Yeah. And um, it's been in the the family that runs it. It's been in their family. The, their grandfather opened it in 1922, and it's been um, in the family since then. Cool. They, it started out, and this is what, what was the awesomest thing about it. Okay, so it started out in this one little building on the corner. The bakery is, the door to the bakery is literally the corner of the building. And the Mm -hmm. whole back area was the original bakery. So that bakery, part of the bakery is still running and that's where they they make the pita bread. So that's got, like, all the really old-fashioned equipment, you know? Mm-hmm. It's got this big, huge, uh, white enamel mixer, and it says Hercules on the side. I'm like, Ooh. I they totally want this mixer for my kitchen, but it's, like, the size of my dining room table. But... And so it's got, like, all the really old-fashioned machinery, and then you pass through this doorway, and it's the other building that originally had just been next door, and they bought it,
1: mm-hmm. and then they
0: expanded their entire operation. And so all the newfangled, like, machinery is back there. So you get to see, like, both ways that they did it. You know, you get to see the old machinery and how that works, and then you get to see all the new stuff and how that works. And then the best part was when we were trying to, we were leaving, you know, and the woman, uh, the granddaughter of the man who started it, she goes, wait, wait, you got to wait. And she, like, loads us up with all this cracker bread and (laughs) and and pita bread. And she gave us coffee mugs and pencils. And, I mean, so, so, so sweet. (laughs) And um, so that was fantastic. We really enjoyed that. And then we went to uh, Hillmar Cheese Factory, and we went there with mm-hmm. you guys. Yes, you did. Thankfully, we love Tina <laughs> because my van is dead right now, and Tina <laughs> has been fantastic in letting us ride around with her. Thanks for all of us fitting your van. Yep. And so that was a lot of fun going and seeing the that factory. Though I was disappointed because I had gone to Hillmar. oh gosh, before Danielle was born. so probably 15 years ago mm-hmm. before they built the new visitor center that's there. And um, we used to be able to go on a walkway above the factory floor and actually see what was going on. But now we have to look at it through windows, which was kind of sad. But um, very educational, really fun. The kids had a blast. And making ice cream was tons and tons of fun. Yeah. So it was kind
1: of disappointing once it was all done because it was a little (laughs) teeny baggy. (laughs) That was this teeny tiny thing. When we first saw the containers, we were like, score, we're getting all kinds of ice cream. And then... It's like this tiny little, like, jewelry bag-looking yeah, zipper bag. It was <laughs> eat bitty, but that's okay. The kids got to
0: taste it, so that yep. was fun. Uh, the only thing that would have made it better would maybe have been a real cow or something, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. And then on Friday, we went and visited this, we went and visited Civil War the Civil War Revisited? Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Okay. We went to the Civil War Revisited, um, which was a regular school program, which was a little disconcerting. I don't know if it was for you or not, but it was like <laughs> 10 bajillion was a children. a lot of kids. <laughs> yeah. And like all of them were public schooled except at what, the 20 or 30 that were with us. Yeah. <laughs> and they were all bigger. They were all big kids, it seemed like. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of little kids there, but yep. that was exciting. And the best part of that one, I have to say, was as we were walking out, um we stopped because there was a booth where they made brooms and um they made it <laughs> out of traditional materials and uh-huh. we were walking out and i you know i was like oh that's sad we didn't get to see this one you know maybe we'll have to check it out next year good job daniel and um and he said well do you have a few minutes and so we all stayed and we got to actually watch him yeah. like hand make a broom i know and that then was i was so cool I was shocked it takes him 20 minutes to make one broom and he sells them for five dollars i'm like how in the world does he make a living but i figured that's probably just the civil war you know because he said he goes to lots of civil war reenactments right so i'm thinking maybe when he does his broom making during the week maybe he does something that's you know a little different
1: overdrive or something exactly but (laughs) still it was
0: awesome it was a great trip we had a lot of fun um met lincoln and you know yeah (laughs) I'm sure Tina will talk a little bit more about what we did while we were there, but uh, <laughs> it was really neat. And just in case anyone was curious, the North one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, oh, and also, um, sometime during this past week, uh, pretty much in the middle of the night, we had an earthquake. Oh, Right. And it was funny because I was awake and I because I'm an insomniac. I'm awake all night long. And I slept through the whole thing. <laughs> like everybody I know slept through it. It was really funny. And I'm sitting in the middle of my bed watching TV and I heard like this rustling noise. And I was like, Mm -hmm. huh, I don't remember it being windy tonight. And then right after that, the earthquake started. So, like, I guess the rustling noise I heard was, like, the initial wave. Mm -hmm. And then the earthquake started. And I swear, I was so shocked at the thought of an earthquake in the valley that by the time I figured out that it really was an earthquake, (laughs) the whole thing was over, you know. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I was like, is there a truck going down my street? What's (laughs) going on here? And I was thinking to myself... Because I I mentioned it to my children the next day. I said, did you guys feel the earthquake? And, of course, no. They slept through it, which is amazing because they're in bunk beds. You'd think those things would rock. Yeah. And um, I was like, um, by the time the earthquake was over, I realized I didn't even think to myself I should get in a doorway. And my daughter said to me, why would you get in a doorway? And I went, oh, my gosh. My children live in California, and they don't know what to do in the event of an earthquake. (laughs) I mean, I realize we live in the Central Valley, but obviously earthquakes happen here, too. So. I need to add to my curriculum for next week what to do in the events of an earthquake.
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: Because it seems like that's something that kids need to know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we learned a little bit about that. Well, no, I guess it was just like thunderstorms and lightning storms when we did that weather sh- that weather class a couple oh, years ago.
0: Right, right. With Kevin, Kevin from... But he did,
1: yeah, from, yeah, and he did talk a little bit about earthquakes too, though, I think, if I remember correctly, but...
0: Mm, but not the, not enough that it's stuck in no. my head. so uh. <laughs> i definitely think we're gonna have a day where we you know talk about what we do during an earthquake and maybe do a couple practice runs right so
1: <laughs> what about you how was your week Oh well, let's see. I have been finding all kinds of cool stuff, um, like books at the library and links on the web, and just neat stuff all over the place. I have been sharing left and right over on my Homeschool round Facebook page. So um, earlier was it this week or <laughs> I remember the <laughs> weeks are running together. Was it earlier this week or last week or, I don't know, um, I had mentioned on, on our Savvy Homeschool Moms Facebook page, come on over and join me on Homeschool Mom because I had like 60 people on there <laughs> and or maybe it was 70 something. But anyway, now I'm over 100. I'm like, woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm actually, you know, there's more people getting it, but you guys got to get over there because there's, I, I've been finding all kinds of cool stuff to share. I keep taking pictures of really cool pictures. Uh, like picture book like non-fiction picture books? Yeah. I've been really excited the last couple of weeks cuz I have found some of them were like recommended in You know, different things that I'm using. They have, like, book recommendations to go with it. Um, And some of them I just found. So whenever I find something really cool, I always post it over there. That's, like, the first place I go. I'll just take a snapshot of the cover and just post it over there. Because it's really... I've had some really cool stuff. So Mm -hmm. that was really cool. And um, finally, after I don't know how many weeks since I found... This pumpkin chocolate chip oatmeal cookie recipe, I finally made it. Been a couple it. of weeks, yeah, it's been a while, and we made it yesterday, yay! yay. And it, they're pretty good. They're not they're not spectacular, like I thought, but you know, I had built up the hype so much, I was <laughs> expecting something like, wow, these are the best cookies in the world. They taste like cookies, <laughs> so, oh. um, but they were good. So Maven was all excited. Of course, they're all gone. They supposedly made two dozen, which it never does, but it made like three pans worth. And um they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> we made them yesterday afternoon and this morning um there was a bunch of them in a bag last night when I went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I got up this morning they were mm, about half gone. <laughs> oh my gosh. So we had eat, eaten some yesterday but then the kids chowed out this morning and then Adam and I f- mostly finished them off. <laughs> so they were good. They're still chocolate chip cookies. So hey. Yum yum. Yum. And then, yes, we've been going on all kinds of field trips, many of them with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, we did the single palm pumpkin patch also, although separately from you guys. We did it on a, a, a day when the... Um, it's funny because it was a day when our local homeschool field trip Facebook group was going. And at the last minute, I realized I didn't have a car. Because <laughs> so, oh, the last couple of weeks, we've been, on, we've been down to one car since one of our cars is... Uh, The tires are completely bald and Adam's afraid to drive them Mm -hmm. um, or very bald. So all of a sudden at the last minute, (laughs) one of our mutual friends called and she's like, Hey, you want me to drive you? (laughs) So (laughs) we actually got to go. So That was pretty fun. We got to do that. And we drove down. We took you guys down to go to picture day at the school. That was fun too at Eleanor Roosevelt and Visalia because they do the, the whole school pictures in the Visalia location. So we had to go down there. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. Get to see a lot of our friends down there. I get to hang out with some people I haven't seen since last year. So that was fun. I got to meet a ton and a half of new people that I all forgot all of their names already. Oh, yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, and then somewhere in here, I forgot to r- jot it down, but we went to the Encourage encourage Your... Oh, God, what is it called? Encouraging Tomorrow. Encourage oh, oh horri- Expanding t- Your Horizons. Expand... Why did I say... <laughs> tomorrow okay expanding your horizons yes thank you you're welcome maven and i went to this we went down to visalia for one after or was most of an afternoon um most of the day actually um in visalia and it's it's a conference where they have a bunch of different workshops um exposing girls to science and math related um careers and so maven got to do a bridge making workshop and literally uh, making bridges yeah literally making bridges um with blocks um and then after they did that they um they have a computer program which i need to get the link up here because um, it's free it's actually a free program and i was going to download it on our computer so that she can continue it But um you can build it it um it's like a professional bridge designing kind of software and you can like run a truck over it to see if it will hold its load and stuff too and then you can even figure out like once you figure out okay it holds the load now it's load bearing or whatever the words are um now you want to try and bring the cost down so you have to go through each item and find things that you can make it still hold the load but Le- less expensive so each little piece is worth a certain amount you know so you can go and change oh let's make that $100 instead of 200 and whatever so it's pretty cool and even had fun with that I was really really pleased with that and then they, she also did a, a rocketry class that was really fun they got to make bottle rockets with water um, oh, and a cool. bicycle pump <laughs> and um, so they got to learn a little bit about that and then the last there was only three um, and the last one was um, uh, financing snore (laughs) it was like about um balancing your budget and stuff and the woman was like i only have about less than a half an hour's worth of material i'm like thank god (laughs) because it was yeah it was boring so i don't know if that was supposed to encourage girls to get into the banking industry or something i don't know but it was boring so or let you know
0: that sometimes your chosen career will just be boring
1: yes i guess so i don't know but we got to hang out with a friend there too that we lives down in visalia so we don't see her very often so she lives apparently right down the street from the um college of sequoias where they held the the whole conference so that was cool and let's see. And then we did the cheese factory with you guys. And that was fun. That was an hour and a half away. That's the longest I've gone in a, on a trip in a while.
0: That was a long drive. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and the civil war reenactment was fun. The kids were definitely impressed by all the cannon firing and the, um, the horses riding by. Yes. And, um, <laughs> the, the girl that was playing a boy, uh, uh in the, uh, that was telling us about the artillery um, was really surprised that Tyrion was a boy. (laughs) I thought that was A girl playing a boy and she's looking at Tyrion. She called him a girl and then I told him her it was a boy and she's like, she like got down and looked him close in the face (laughs) and stuff. I was like, what? you're a girl playing a boy and you're wondering (laughs) anyway (laughs) so she was just confused i think so it probably threw
0: her off her groove
1: yeah i think so well and also i think our whole group threw her off her groove because it sounded like she wasn't prepared for that many people to be there yeah i agree too because we we came in like i don't know what happened somebody got screwed up and maybe went to the wrong place at the wrong time or something but i think that's what happened yeah. So that was cool. That was interesting. And, um, let's see what else. Uh, we have been having a blast with horrible histories. Have you guys been checking those out too? I've been posting them on Facebook. I, I know. have, I have checked a few of them. <laughs> My kids love them. Tieran wants more, more, more. <laughs> 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 he wants to watch more of them. And, and now I've, I've even got our neighbor singing the. um, the Charles II, <laughs> <to> <laughs> the king who brought back party. <laughs> my uh, next door neighbor who's Tieran's age is a year older than Tyrion. He comes over and plays all the time. And he was singing. They were both going, my name is, my name is, <laughs> my name <laughs> is Charles II. this <laughs> is really cute. So we've been playing that off and on. And Tyrion can't get enough of them. And let's see uh back well i guess this was more like two weeks ago <laughs> the fair my kids went to the fair twice they went to the fair with my my with their grandparents my parents um in the evening and that was really fun and then they went again the following week um for, spent like a whole day at the fair um dur- for the educational aspects because the first time they just went for the rides oh well. <laughs> so my parents bought those little pat you know those Um, wristbands yeah yeah and they went on the rides for hours and then they came home exhausted and then um, the following week they went they did all of the educational stuff and had a blast apparently and while they were gone I got to finish my client's website so so that was exciting because I've I've been trying to squeeze out time to work on that here and there so having an entire day uninterrupted was really nice (laughs) (laughs) And then we had a really busy week between all of that stuff that was going on and then Adam had a shoot with a friend of mine um, who's selling a product um, and she wanted some videos to, to take with, or she wanted a video to take with her up or down, I guess. She was going down to San Diego for a conference. And so we had, like, this deadline to get it done. And she needed kids. And so she had my kids in just about every shoot and all her kids in every shoot and brought some extra kids because she lives in Oakhurst, which is 45 minutes away. So um, that was a bit stressful because there was just a week straight of just that video with fix- it, figuring out when we were going to be um, uh, recording. and And then Adam spending every waking moment working on it when he was home from work so that was a hectic week but we made it through it it was and i think it turned out great so that was exciting and let's see oh we watched the amazing race the second episode but now there's been two or maybe three <laughs> <more episodes. laughs> we're like falling behind <laughs> But um, we did finally watch episode two because the kids were begging me to watch it. So. And I can't seem to get past all of these fabulous China resources I have. I keep like, um, finding more things at the library. <laughs> I just need to move on to Indonesia. But I did start finding some things for Indonesia, but I didn't collect anything from the library yet because I just have some really cool stuff from, from China still. So we'll see what happens with that. And when we did the first day of our unit study, the, that really cool unit study, I think I think I mentioned in the last episode, I'm not sure, um, that I found this really cool unit study on China. Um, I thought it was really cool, but the kids are just like, yawn. <laughs> 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 They're like not interested in it at all. I've been like pulling teeth to get them to do stuff, and I'm just like, Ugh. So I don't know, I'm, I'm tweaking it now. Tomorrow we'll start something. Oh, actually, tomorrow we start up our classes again, don't we? So Yes, yes, we do. <laughs> so we'll see if we even get to it tomorrow. So, But we've had days on end of just field trips, field trips, field trips, so I haven't had any time to do any kind of sit-down school, very, very little sit-down schoolwork with them. So um, we've just, it just feels like we've been running so much. So, But and we also discovered Google Earth. That was really fun. So I know you guys have been play- have played with Google Earth before too, haven't
0: you? Yeah, we use Google Earth for all of Earth. Uh, we Earth. use Google Earth, <laughs> Earth for a lot of things. Um, just we just go on there and mess around. Have you seen the new underwater part, by the way? No, they've started un- mapping underwater.
1: Wow. Yeah, and it's really super crystal clear and neat to look at. I'll have to find oh, that link. Yeah, find that link. That sounds really cool. Yeah, I was showing them because we were doing um, we were finding China and going from here to there and you know looking at the different places that we were that the Amazing Race was visiting and um and tyran was just having a blast just spinning it <laughs> just spinning the world and, yep. and then just you know zooming it finding some random place and zooming in and then, oh i want to find the pyramid so he had to, i had to help him because he couldn't figure out where i it took me a while to figure it out actually figure out where the pyramids are and then zoom in And we finally found them we're like oh there's the pyramids oh my gosh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's fun so that was there was probably a couple hours where he was just sitting at my computer playing around with with the with the google earth so that was a definitely that was definitely worth installing on my computer yeah <laughs> google earth is awesome yeah definitely that was really fun so that was my week and now let's see you guys had 20 days so you've got some some stuff here that you read I, your books of the week.
0: we do, but not a lot. But <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, we do have some. Um, let's see. I'll start with our audio book. The kids and I are listening to. Isle of Swords by Wayne Baston And it's a um, about a pirate who's lost his memory and washed oh. up on the shore of this beach. And he has to get his memory back so he can get the treasure and all that kind of happy stuff. And it's nice. It's a good adventure. It's it's good for listening to on the way to school because it kind of gets everybody woken up and like, yay! We're, you know, excited. Oh,
1: cool. So,
0: yeah. And it's read really well. Um, it says it's enhanced, but it's not. It's really kind of... Uh, it just They just put music in between the chapters. I don't know how that qualifies as enhanced. Oh, and I have a tip for anyone who does audiobooks. If you are a man, do not try to do little girls' voices. Oh, God. (laughs) At best, it's annoying, and at worst, it's creepy. Oh, yeah, really? (laughs) This one I have to let you know that the if you get it in an audiobook as opposed to a regular book um the guy who reads it tries to do the little girl's voice and it's very disturbing. Oh no. But we've been able to get past it and continue so it's okay. And uh let's see Danielle is still working on the Emily the Strange books. Um she is finishing up um the first one and getting ready to start at the second one. So um and she's still enjoying those. Yep. Um, Jack Jack had, um, his two books this, this lately that have been, he's been into are The World's Toughest Machines by Judy Shamas. Um, which is an awesome book about, you know, diggers and trucks and monster trucks and, you know, of course, everything that my son is very into. (laughs) And then also he got How to Draw Monster Trucks by Aaron Sauter, I think it is. And, um, so both of those have been his go-to books for the past couple weeks. Um let's see, me, I just finished Doctor Who, The Angels Kiss by Yay. Justin Richards, which is the tie-in to The Angels in Manhattan.
1: Oh, fun!
0: Yes, it's the the Melody Malone Oh, right, right, right. Mystery, yes. which, huh? um, let me tell you, okay, it's obvious that this book was written, written as an afterthought. It uh-huh. is not the same book that um, Melody, uh, that um, Amy and the Doctor are reading on the rock in Central Park. Oh, right. Because there's parts that Amy read that aren't in it.
1: Oh, that's not good.
0: No, but it's still kind of a neat uh, story about the angels and about River. And uh-huh. um, it's not super well written, but it's a super quick read. And so for Whovians out there, it's probably worth the two ninety nine dollars to take a look at it. That's yeah. how much it costs on Kindle. Anyways, I don't know how much it is if you get it printed. And I'm getting ready to start Pirate Cinema by Corey Doctorow. Hmm. And um, I have to mention here that I've discovered this new thing called the Humble ebook bundle. And oh. right right now they're in between bundles, so there's nothing. But uh, the bundle that I got in on, um, it's uh, a series of eBooks that you purchase for however much you think they're worth. And the last bundle had 15 books in it. And the way you do it is you decide how much you want to pay, and then there's these little sliders, and you decide how much you want to go to the people who run Humble Ebook, how much you want to go to the author, and how much you want to go to charity. And they have three charities that they support, Electronic Frontier Foundation, Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers of America, and Children's Play Charity. And so you decide how much you want to pay for however many books there are. And usually there's like a couple bonus books that you have to pay. If you pay the average or more, you get the extra books. But uh, just for paying, you could pay a dollar and get six books. And it's like um, Corey Doctorow, someone who is, I'm going to completely destroy their names, Paolo Baxigliupi who is a he's written some really fantastic books Mercedes Lackey is in this one Hmm. Um, uh, Neil Gaiman is in this one Um, John Scalazzi is in this one all famous well-known science fiction and fantasy writers so it's not like and then there's a couple of people that you've never heard of but it's so cool because you know you're you would pay that much for one Cory Doctorow book you oh, know, yeah. and so you are getting a whole bunch of them. Now they're e-books, so you would need to read them on your whatever reader. But they come in whatever format you need. Hmm. They are they are DRM free, which means that you can share and all that kind of stuff without having to worry about it. And um, it's absolutely fantastic. And when this bundle ended, I have uh-huh. to tell you guys, this is awesome. They sold eighty four thousand two hundred and twenty bundles. Oh. They they made one million two hundred and three thousand dollars.
1: Holy cow! Yeah
0: for this and so a uh, you know a chunk of that went to charity a chunk went to the authors and then a chunk one you know stayed with humble ebooks so they're in between bundles right now but hmm. if you sign up there they'll let you know when the new bundle comes out it's just humblebundle.com and hmm. i highly highly recommend it i am so jazzed about these books i got i can't even wait to start reading them cool
1: yes sure so is. what about you guys what are you guys reading Let's see. Well, we finished *A Gift of Dragons*. I was reading them. Um, uh, that was—it's one of Anne McCaffrey's um, short story books uh, about the Dragon Riders of Pern. And I actually there three stories in there. and I only read them two of them because the one in the middle I didn't think would interest them. It was kind of more about a like a boy-girl relationship kind of thing, and and it and it didn't have dragons in that one either. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean there were dragons, but the characters weren't dragon riders, so it wasn't part of the story. You know, even though it was during the same world and whatnot. But so I skipped that one. I knew they wouldn't like it. But they really loved the littlest. I think it was like the littlest dragon rider and the girl who could talk to dragons. Mm-hmm. I'm probably screwing up the title, but that's somewhere around there. <laughs> and so we finished that and they liked that a lot. And we started Master Cornhill, which um, I have mixed feelings about because it's it's a historical fiction and it takes place during the time period that we're studying in our history right now, which I believe is where I found out about the book. I think it was from the History Odyssey recommended readings to go along with what we were learning and um to so takes place in 1666 which is the year of the um fire the the L- great london fire and which is right after the year of the the london plague that wiped out all of like 80 percent of london no maybe it wasn't that high it was a lot of london it
0: was not huge percentage
1: well not the medieval one this is later oh but this is like a later and it was just in london i guess or in the london area so but so this is later but anyway yeah so um it's interesting because it starts off with He's 11 years old, and he he's an orphan that was raised. He had he had been adopted by or whatever they they, fo- they call him fostered, I guess back then, mm-hmm. um, by somebody who took him in when he was a baby, I believe, and um, and sometime around, uh, sometime that previous year, his the wife got sick, and so the dad sent the boy away so he wouldn't get sick, and um, sent him with money and sent him, um, I guess someplace reliable or um, trustworthy and the money ran out seven months later and everybody was pretty much done with the plague at that point and coming back to London so he started heading back and knowing that his foster mom and dad were dead but that there were friends of the family that he was hoping he could go stay with and and um, apprentice with And they were dead, too. And (laughs) so, yeah, I mean, they talk about the in the the very just casual conversation talking about the plague because it was a part of their everyday lives. So that's pretty interesting. But it's also really old English. Like the stuff that they say is I don't even understand all of it. So it's, it's interesting. I'm. Some of it I feel like I have to stop and explain, but most of it I just keep plowing through because I figure if they don't get it in the con- context, we'll get it the next time around because Tyrion's too young. He's not going to get a whole lot of it anyway, but he still thinks it's interesting. So, hey. <laughs> you know. There you go. But it's good, yeah. I mean, I know that at some point in the story, the fire's going to happen, and I'm not sure what's going to happen there. I'm actually looking forward to find out what happens there. But I'm really excited to get through that book. We're halfway through it now um, because I just got the... Um, the, the Chris Colfer book from the library. <laughs> we were like number 68 on the list and it finally came in. I've been waiting for months and it looks really, really good. So I'm looking at it going, no, I won't open it yet. I won't open it until I can read it with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. hard. Oh God, yeah. I really want to read it, but I'm like, I'm not going to stop this book in the middle. so So anyway, so we're reading that and let's see what else. Oh, Maven... Those are the books that I'm reading to the kids. And then Maven is reading, or just finished Dragon Rider, which was by Cornelia Funk. And um, I actually took that back to the library. I really wanted to read it, but I just don't have time. So I'll pick it up another time. Um, and now she's reading Dragon Slippers. Um, and this is a new. Um, series for her. We found it on the library shelf, and so um, she says it's really, really good, so I might have to check that out at some point, too, because, you know, she's all about dragons. Yep. Tyrion's still reading Mo Willems and just whatever picture book happens to be in front of him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nothing special. I I need to... One of the things that's in the back of my mind is I want to find him. Actually, he has a few... It's like a little stack of of early reader chapter books that um, I was going to encourage him to sit down with me. I don't know that he's feeling comfortable enough to where he'll sit down and read it by himself. But if I sit with him, then maybe we can read it together. Because um, I think he he's actually capable of reading a lot more than he he does. It's just because he's still in the beginning stages that he doesn't he doesn't just naturally go and pick everything up and just start reading like Maven does, you know? Yeah. So and me, I um still reading the Chronicles of Pern. Um, that's an ebook that I checked out from the library that's short stories about the Dragon Riders of Pern series as well by Anne McCaffrey. Um, but at the same time, I finished listening to the Battle Hymn of the Tiger Mother, which actually was really good because by the end of the book, she, she was singing a different tune. So I didn't really, I mean, she kind of implied that in the beginning of the book, but I didn't really... I really didn't expect it to come around as much as it did by the end. so that was kind of good that, it, it ended well. I, I actually liked that book. it was worth it was worth listening to. So awesome. Yeah, so those are those are our books for the week. We haven't really been we haven't really had time to sit and read that much so So now our links of the week our links of the week. What's your link for this week? Becky? My link of the week is the Toymaker.
0: It's from the workshop of Marilyn Scott Waters, and she makes these beautiful, awesome, fantastic printable paper toys. Oh, neat. Yes, I love it. it. I love her website. I love all the little things that she makes. And it's all it's most of it is fairly easy to put together. A couple of them have given me a little bit of conniptions, but for the most part, they're super easy to put together. She's got really cute things for holidays. Um she has Toys that move, you can make gift boxes, you could, I mean, all sorts of really cute and whimsical things. Oh, um, oh, it's not necessarily educational, right. it's just kind of fun. Lots and, and lots
1: of color ink you need for this. <laughs> there is a lot, well, yes, there's a lot of color <laughs> ink necessary for this,
0: but it's because you want to print it right. in color before you put the toys together, I guess, instead of, you know, I guess you could print it on a coloring page. Mm hmm. I don't know if you're, my printer has a thing where I can tell it print coloring page, and then it doesn't oh. print the color, and I can, you can just color it in. Oh. But I oftentimes just forget to put that setting on, print it in color anyways. And there's one really cute one that is a, um, it's a rabbit, and it's called bunny bowling. And you print out this rabbit, and you put it together, and then you put a marble in it. Or, uh. yeah, you you put little marbles in it, uh. and the bunny actually rolls aclo- across the floor cute. on the little marbles. Very so, cute. um that's my link of the week, thetoymaker dot com.
1: Very cute. Um, and my link for this week is called Biddy Bedtime Stories. Um, I was listening to a podcast, um, the actually it was the this little parent stayed home podcast, which I highly recommend. It's fabulous. And this guy called in and he was asking about advice from Allie, the the host about his business, and his business is Biddy Bedtime Stories. And um, you know, it just sounded like a cutesy little kid's stories, and I didn't think much of it. And it turns out Biddy is actually a duck, so it's Biddy the duck. And and I was like, oh, that's cute. And I'll listen. I'll give it a listen sometime. And then I I finally did, it, and I was like, oh my god, they're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> they're cute and they're funny and quirky. And I just I played one of them for Tyr, and he really really liked it. So um, yeah, I I I'm looking at his website right now. It's BiddyBedtimeStories.com. dot com. And, of course, the link will be in the show notes. Um, but you can subscribe with any podcatcher. So if you have um, the the Apple podcatcher, what is it called, podcasts um, app on your phone or, or anything like I have Downcast, and um, there's a bunch of different apps for phones, of course, or you can listen to it on the web, or you can go to iTunes and just look for Biddy, which is B-I-D-D-Y, D as in dog, Um and it's really cute. And <laughs> the, just the voice. The He does all the voices and he does all the stories. And it's just like um, under 10 minutes a night. And he does one every single... I can't remember if it's five or seven days of the week. But it, at least during the, the weekdays. I think he does it every night. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's just really, really cute. And I, I'm thinking that I need to... Um, I really, really want to get one of those speakers for my iPhone so that I can just plug it in and we can just listen to it. You know, it's like six or eight minutes most nights. Um, you know, every night, let's listen to another bitty bedtime story. Oh, wow, <laughs> Really, really cute. And you can go back and listen to all the old ones, too. He's up to 242 right now. So he's apparently been doing it for a little while. <laughs> Although so. realizing he does it every day, it, it, it does multiply quickly, of course. <laughs> but anyway, I thought that was really, really cute. And I wanted to share that. Fantastic. And now we're
0: going to have a word from our sponsors.
2: This episode of the Savvy Homeschool Moms is brought to you by Moving Beyond the Page, the homeschool
1: curriculum that I use for science, social studies, and language arts. I get to read great books, do creative projects, and learn critical thinking skills. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com and use the coupon code SAVVYMOMS. For free shipping on your next order. Do you remember what it's like to be an adolescent? Postcards from Youth needs youth photographers' images and words to participate in the conversation. If you have children aged 11 to 17, we invite you to have them submit photos they have taken of their surroundings, family, friends, community, interests, and concerns to our website, postcardsfromyouth.com. And we're back.
0: And now is our time on our show when we do our listener recognition. And first of all, I'd like to send out a great big thank you to Amy. Yay, yes. Amy. Yay. Amy is our very first voicemail. Our
2: first. <laughs> Yay, we got Woo-hoo. one.
0: Okay, Tina, play the voicemail.
2: Hi, Savvy Homeschool Mom. My name is Amy, and I just finished listening to your podcast where you guys talked about homeschooling with uh, an illness and with chronic illness, and I just wanted to say thank you so much for that podcast. Um, I am actually listening to it on a four-hour drive home from my specialist so that I can I've gone to a specialist doctor to try to improve my health myself. I have a bunch of chronic issues that cause me to be extremely tired, have a lot of pain as well, and I'm trying to homeschool my eight-year-old. And some days it just I the thought has crossed my mind of, you know, can I do this and am I able to do this? Am I going to be able to pull this off? And so your, your podcast of hearing other people doing it and your ideas for how to do it was so useful and so helpful to me. So thank you very much for everything you do. Thanks for all the information and have a great day. Okay. So
1: thank you very, very much, Amy. That was absolutely wonderful. Um, we really appreciate your feedback. and I know Becky in particular.
0: I do. I, I have to say, you guys, all of the feedback that you guys gave me really made it so much better for me because I was really nervous about talking about it. And all the feedback you guys gave me, I, I'm glad I did it. And I'm glad I was able to, to help some people out there. That makes me so happy. I can't even tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: and let's see from facebook we got quite a few things um this last 20 days. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Um, First of all, Jessica, um, I I had actually posted on Facebook asking for some questions and we got quite a few of them. So we're going to cover two of them today. Um, The first one is from Jessica and she says, where is the best place to start gathering information on how to begin homeschooling? I have no idea, but I'm gearing up to just that. My oldest is a three-year-old boy and I wanted to I am wanting to start with him, so I will refer you, Jessica, over to episode number three because we talked about that at length about how to get started on homeschooling, and specifically with a mom's um, concerns about about if she was enough to do, hom- to, if she w- if she was enough to be able exactly. to homeschool. So um, that's episode number three. So if you want to go directly to it, it's SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com dot com forward slash three. And if there's any other specific questions that you have after listening to that, please do um, come on back and give us another comment and we will answer anything specific. Um, The one thing that I would say is, at three, I don't think you really need to be worrying about much right now. I exactly. think a lot of us would say, play. Lots and lots and lots of play. At three, they don't need any academics. You can, you, can, you know, you sing the alphabet with them, You st- you count things all the time, you point out colors and shapes everywhere you go. It's all part of their life, so at that age they they really don't need to be there's nothing that needs to be spoon-fed to them at that age it's just play 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 and have fun and enjoy each other and read lots of really fun books and laugh a lot
0: look (laughs) back at look back at our show notes we have lots of
1: really good books yes (laughs) (laughs) have lots of fun and and make lots of messes there you go
0: (laughs) and also from facebook we had from morgan I was just listening to an older show, maybe number 16, where y'all talked about title homeschooling. That is us. I find myself somewhere between Charlotte Mason and unschooling as I believe learning happens when individuals are captivated by an interest. My children are six and four, so I need to expose them to different items of interest. All that to ask how do you strewn items or expose your children to things to see if they are interested in learning about certain things? Do you have ideas for strewning for a six-year-old boy and a four-year-old girl? Strewing. Strewing. <laughs> That's not a word in my vocabulary. Right. I don't strew.
1: Strewing. Okay. Strewing is an unschooling term. It
0: is, and I'm not an unschooler, but yeah. I understand the concept of strewing, and I sort of do strew. Let me tell you. Um, as I've said before, when we go to the library, my kids never look in the fiction. They are not interested in storybooks or picture books. They always go straight for the nonfiction. So while they're <laughs> looking at, for their interests in nonfiction, I'm looking ahead to what we're going to be learning about. And I'm just picking out things, you know, on the same shelves. I'm just picking out things that, that maybe might go along with it or that um, might be a further interest for them to look into. And so at any given time, there are 40 or 50, you know, books on the, the bookshelf, 20 that, you know, they picked out and maybe 20 or, you know, whatever that I picked out for them to look at. And so I guess that's kind of my way of strewing <laughs> information out there. Sure. But other than that, I got to say I'm I'm not a strewer.
1: I I've always meant to strew um so I and I and I do have friends that do um I I do I have a um a bookshelf in my um in our school room which is our school room slash playroom um that's one of those face out bookshelves Mm. And I always make sure that everything I grab, like, many times I'll go to the library and just pick a bunch of just random topics in the nonfiction section of the picture picture books um, and just put them on that shelf face out. Um, I don't, I, there have been times in the past where I'll put them, like, around the house, like, on a couch or on a, on an end table table. and I do occasionally do that, <laughs> but I, yeah, I'm trying to teach them to put books away. So it's kind of Exactly like... <laughs> I You're saying this and
0: I'm cringing. I'm like, no, no, books belong on shelves or in hands.
1: <laughs> yeah, but um, they rarely ever are all in shelves as they're supposed to be anyway. So we might as well put them in a place where somebody's actually going to see them and look at them. I actually have put some in the bathroom before too. That's a good place to put books, especially yeah. if you can get a little basket and put it next to the toilet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, you have a boy. How could you even think that would be well, a good
1: place to put... he actually doesn't spray all over the place, so... <laughs> but-, <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so that's a possibility, and um, I don't know, if my kids had rooms that they, well, Maven does spend time in her room, but Taryn's room is so trashed, he can never even walk in it, much less spend time in it. But if he did, I might, like, put another little basket or a bookshelf in there. Actually, that's that's kind of, like, how I guess I've done my strewing over the years, is I, I tend to contain them within baskets, and I have multiple baskets throughout the house, now there that I know. think about it. So, yeah, so I have different ones in different rooms, and just kind of rotate them around, but and they're not going to really get looked at unless you can really see the covers though for the most part so i try to put it in a way that you can see at least some of the covers Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um we don't have coffee tables to put stuff on otherwise i'd probably do that but coffee tables just become a pile of garbage in our house so we don't have them anymore yeah we don't either (laughs) so um yeah so that's that's how we do it and we would absolutely love to hear From those of you who are much more adept at shrewing and and, and more experienced, we'd love to hear your comments. Go ahead and and head on over to SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com forward slash, what are we on, 21 now? This is 21. Yeah. Forward slash 21 and leave your comments. Our podcast is old enough to drink. (laughs) (laughs) We should have had margaritas for this episode. I agree completely. I didn't even realize.
0: Sorry, it just popped into my head. (laughs) Okay, and now we have a message from our friend Shauna who has messaged us before. Thank you, Shauna. Mm-hmm. And she said, Thanks for talking about homeschooling with chronic illness. Very encouraging. You gals are my inspiration. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Shauna. Yeah, we appreciate we that Shauna. so much. And Shauna's we love Shauna. We friend. see Shauna all the time. Yes.
1: <laughs> Shauna's little boy is Tieran's best friend, so.
0: And Shauna's little baby is so
1: cute. He's <laughs> not so
0: little anymore. Remy's not little anymore. <laughs> no, but-
1: he's not. It's
0: nice to see him every week.
1: Yes. Yes, we get to see everybody tomorrow. Yay. Yes. We had last week off because there was no classes for meeting week. So we get to go back to classes tomorrow. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so next we have a comment from Chi Chi. Um, and she says... And this was also in reference to the episode that we, our last episode, which was on homeschooling with chronic illness. Um, She says, this was such a great episode, and I thank you for it. So much of what you said applies to me, a mom of a two-month-old and a four- and six-year-old. And while I knew a lot of the suggestions, I am grateful for the reminder. Becky, I'm sending you lots of healing energy, and I hope you find some relief soon. Thank Thank you. Thank you. That was very nice. It
0: was super sweet. Thank you so much. And now, also on our website, um, Rhonda said, um, as much as I miss hearing... Oh, this is when Tina posted that we weren't recording this week, or last week, because I wasn't feeling well. As much as I miss hearing you every week, I understand. I don't know how the two of you homeschool and do the podcast. Homeschooling takes my two takes every spare moment and then some you two are the best thank Mm -hmm. you so
1: much well you know i don't know how we do it either it just sort of happens i mean (laughs) as is evidence we're getting it's getting harder and harder to do it weekly so well hopefully
0: once this all gets under control and i'm not you know spending my sundays laying in bed crying then you know we'll be able to
1: get back to it (laughs) yeah Yeah, so i'm saying we have a one to two week podcast now there we go (laughs) and hopefully no more than two weeks but uh um you know, one week might be a little hard right now. So. Yeah,
0: but two weeks is our goal. Or yeah. two weeks is our maximum. Maximum,
1: like. right? Yes. Still shooting for one week, but absolutely. And then we had a couple of really nice reviews on iTunes that we um, can share now. Let's see. First, we have Andrew Shell, who said, "I'm definitely not." The target demographic for this podcast is I'm not homeschooling kids. I'm not even a parent yet. I'm getting married in a couple of weeks, and over the last few years, my future wife and I talk theoretically about our philosophies regarding the raising of our future kids. I'm a big supporter for homeschooling, and this podcast has given me a lot, of, lot more food for thought for when I actually have children. I already have the question of how I plan to socialize my kids so they don't end up weird and awkward. And now I'll actually have ammunition to answer those questions. Thanks for the great podcast. Thank you, Andrew.
0: Thank you, Andrew. And and you know what? They may still end up weird and awkward, but some yeah. public school kids. So don't even worry about yeah. it. I was public schooled all the way through and I'm still weird and awkward, so
1: I personally think weird is a lot more interesting. I'd much <laughs> rather
0: be weird and awkward than to be normal.
1: Absolutely. Normal is boring. Exactly. I tell my kids all the time. Normal is boring. (laughs) And
0: then we got um, another review on iTunes from Ariel B. I really love this podcast. The information is great. The ladies are very personable, and I learn something new each time I listen. I feel energized about our upcoming homeschooling journey. Thanks, ladies, for all the hard work and down-to-earth way in which you share your experience. I previously reviewed that there was a bit too much about the week and weather at the beginning of the podcast. But you're really in the groove now. There is so much interesting material. I am constantly heading to your website to look up your references. Thanks for including all of the background information. Well, you're Mm -hmm. very welcome. That was one of the things that we definitely wanted to make sure we do. Because both of us listen to podcasts. And both of us, I'm sure, have had times where somebody on a podcast said something. And we were like, oh, wait, got to write that. Wait, no. You don't have anything to write it down on. And
1: you're like, yeah. You got to go find where it was in the
0: podcast. Exactly. So we wanted to make it as easy for people as possible. Because we know you're busy. I mean, you're probably listening to this while you're doing dishes or jogging or driving. Oh, heck, yeah. And so we wanted to make it as easy as possible. So we're glad you appreciate it and we will continue to do that.
1: Yeah. And in fact, I'm actually in the process right now of compiling all of those links because somebody had suggested at one point and actually I had thought of it too and I just hadn't gotten around to it of going through each episode and putting them all into a directory of links. And so I am in the process of doing that. If you go to our site, com, and click on the the link in the um, navigation that says links <laughs> um, you'll see the beginning of it I've gotten up through I believe I've gotten up through episode three and then I had actually started doing some of the later episodes <laughs> it's kind of random right now <laughs> the hardest part is trying to figure out what the heck heading to put them under oh like got all these really great links and I haven't figured out how they connect you know some of them are real easy math history but some of them it's like where do I put this (laughs) so I'm trying to figure that out so that's probably going to take me a while to get caught up on but if you want to go head over there at some point and you can you can kind of browse through and my goal is to eventually get that so that I'm updating that every week just add more to my plate because I need more to do you know exactly we all (laughs) need more work (laughs) yes so this week we decided that we would like to talk about homeschool co-ops, which is particularly funny since Becky and I are neither of us are experienced at <laughs> homeschool co- co-ops. <laughs> so I'm not really sure what we were thinking, but <laughs> but I did just um, was it's it's been on my mind lately, and Becky and I have been just been talking about it with Shauna actually, um, because we've got um, like just in a couple of weeks really our our homeschool charter will be breaking for winter and they actually don't do classes again for two months so because we have the foggy season here so we go from thanksgiving through christmas through new year's and then that's the foggy season so they don't start up again until mid january so we've got two months essentially to fill um and last year it was hard when you're used to going to classes twice a week um it was really hard to be away from your friends for that long so we're talking about homeschool co-ops a lot right now and I certainly am not interested in doing anything super complex. So some of the stuff that I'm reading, I'm like, no, that's too much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, so, but I did buy this book. It's called Homeschool Co-ops, How to Start Them, Run Them, and Not Burn Out. It's by Carol Topp. So for people who are not familiar with what a co-op is, I thought I'd read... Um, I found a website that had a pretty good little blurb about it. It's called pluggedinparents.com and we'll put the links in the show notes. There's a specific article on their on their site that says, what is a homeschool co-op? And let's see here. It says, first, the idea of a co-op is exactly what you think. It's the opportunity to share with your homeschool community and in return receive the benefits of having them share with you. The homeschool co-op is designed to help you and your child experience more outside your realm of teachable material. I really like this um, idea of having more things available to my kids and, and the idea behind the charter was that too I mean I think that's why you and I are both involved in the charter exactly. right Exactly. there are some things that the charter isn't covering um, or they're n- not doing enough of it <laughs> Because I think my kids could definitely use more science. (laughs) So um, have you ever um, read up at all on doing any kind of co-ops or anything? I haven't,
0: because if you think about it, since day one of homeschooling, I've been in a charter. So I've, you know, had the enrichment classes and, and just not really thought that we needed anything outside of that.
1: Right, right. So as I went looking for information on co-ops, I um, found information in this book and on the web about different types of of co-ops. So um, basically what it came down to is the sky is the limit. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, as I'm doing research for this, this topic, I'm just like, there's really, I mean, we could go on and on about this forever. So let's, uh, not, <laughs> 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 and I, I would like to, first of all, anybody who I did put a post on the Facebook page, um, for anybody who's involved in co-ops to, um, let us know some more information because not only just for this episode, but just cause I want to know more about it and, um trying to glean some information that maybe we could use with our kids so and of course in so doing other people can glean it as well right um so i was looking at the small co-ops this is what i'm the most interested in so uh let's see this this is from the book that i mentioned the um Homeschool co-ops, how to start them, run them, and not burn out. Um, She says, Co-ops come in all sizes. Some are as simple as a gathering of two families to teach their own children. Others are medium-sized with about five to ten families. Because medium co-ops are still small enough to be intimate, everyone knows each other. The co-op may be able to meet in a home. By the time you assemble more than ten or twelve families, you have what I consider a large co-op. The size of a co-op can influence many issues, such as the need for formal structure, more detailed money management, written rules, and policies. So the small co-op is what I was the most interested in. So there's this part here that I thought was really cool because it was about these two moms that started a co-op. The first co-op began when two burned out homeschooling moms determined that they would not ever do any of those enriching activities they talked about with the children unless they set a consistent weekly date and stuck with it. That is what I need right there. Exactly. (laughs) I need (laughs) exterior motivation. My sister Jean and I were the two desperate moms. And this is a quote from this book. So she she's actually quoting somebody that told her this. Um, And the kids were the five children we had between us. We decided that bottom line we were going to get together once a week and do something with the kids, if it was nothing but let them play educational games together. So we came up with something we called Learning Centers Day. We decided to set up a few learning centers around Jean's kitchen table, living room, and schoolroom. Then we would let the kids rotate from center to center. Some centers were one kid centers, others allowed for more. We loaded an educational game in the computer. That was one center. We placed a variety of books in a chair and called it the reading chair, center number two. We put the VTech laptop computer toy at a small desk set up to review multiplication facts. There's three. I taught skip counting for multiplication at one table while she played a phonics or spelling game with a child at another. So we had five centers. We rotated every 15 or 20 minutes. And then it says, hey, that's not a co-op. That's just two sisters and a bunch of cousins visiting together. (laughs) Well, you may see it that way, but we all got a lot out of it. However, that's not the end of the story. But I digress. (laughs) So I really like this idea here. And I would love to hear from people who do something like this at home. um, Because this is something that I have been hoping that maybe... Becky and (laughs) Shauna and me my I'm thinking small because our kids are all close in age and I was thinking really small because I don't want to make it like this the 10 to 12 families thing makes me kind of twitch yeah me too that's like yeek (laughs) yeah I'm not interested in organizing something like that there was a time when I liked organizing that kind of stuff but I'm trying to downsize now but I like this idea of doing simple 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 So as I was uh, doing research for all this, um, I also was talking to a mutual friend of ours who said that she's been involved in co-ops in the past, and um, she talked a little bit about with me, I was asking her questions about it, um, what they did in her co-op. And this is just kind of to give you some more ideas because, as I said, the sky's the limit. Really, there I mean, you talk to 20 different people, you're going to get 20 different stories about how to do a co-op. So this is just kind of to give you guys ideas in case any of you guys are interested in doing something like this. And I highly recommend this book. It looks like it's, uh, I haven't finished it, but I'm about halfway through it and it's pretty darn good. So, Uh, although a lot of it is common sense, but it's nice to have it all in one place. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. so our friend said that she had a preschool co-op that she was involved in when her son was younger. And um, and in that one, all of the moms took turns teaching. Um, they could do any t- subject that th- they chose, um, and they taught for about two to three hours, including playtime. I'm guessing that's all kinds of activities, because they're talking preschool here. Oh, she says, we typically had a story, a craft, songs, and a free play before and after. So it was pretty structured, but at the same time, it looks like it was you know, like they, they tailored the activities specific to the age of the children. Cause this was a preschool co-op. So it's specifically for that age group. Yeah. Um, the one she's in now, she says it's from uh, nursery all the way up through 12th grade. Yeah. And there's like 25 families, I believe she said. <laughs> so it was kind of interesting though. So for those people that might be interested in knowing how the, something like that runs, um, she says they agree on a subject for the year. So they did California last year and this year it's countries and they get to choose. Each teacher gets to choose what it is that they're, what, what the country is and what the activities are. And she says, um, they all have to teach five times and assist six times in a school year. Um, and they rent space from a church. So they divide up the cleaning duties. Uh, they pay the church a set fee for the year up front and they paid, um, by the month. Um, let's see. Oh, and the, I asked her how they divvied up the duties. That was a question that you had, Becky, that yes. I asked her. And she said that they had a list of what duties need to be done. So obviously somebody who's the leader figured out all of the duties and maybe... Um, actually, she said there's kind of like a governing board. There's like a small group of moms that are like the leaders of this whole co-op. And so they must have figured out this list of duties. And um, and so then you sign up on the list of for things. And then as things... Um, are not getting checked off, uh, or feel, you know somebody's not signing up for them, then they'll go around and kind of try and see if they can talk somebody into doing whatever somebody that has, into doing it. yeah. <laughs> things like cleaning the men's or the women's restroom, sweeping the foyer, cleaning the cafe, etc. So all the little nitty gritty stuff for renting a space. Um, one of the things I was reading in the book was saying how sometimes it's actually better for your time if you just go ahead and pay the. Some churches will actually have a cleaning service come in, and um, you just pay them for it because even though it saves you money to do it yourself, you can, it can take you a couple hours. sometimes. Yeah, it
0: can take a long time. And
1: so they were saying that some groups have decided that it's actually better for their time. That time is money and, and they'd rather just pay for it. So, mm-hmm. uh, this year she said she paid $75 to cover the space and the party supplies. That's, that doesn't seem too bad for a, an entire year, um, of, of everything. So that's pretty cool. Um, this is just for her specific group, but we figure you have 25 families. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, Whatever is not used at the end of the year is refunded to us. So obviously they've got an accountant (laughs) dealing with all that. Right. And also if they drop out, they get a prorated amount back. So let's see. So this year they're doing countries. So she's saying you could do Christmas in the country, or games in that country, or food, or whatever you want to come up with, basically. And they don't really worry about if somebody is duplicating information. They just figure then you're getting it from a different parent, from a different style, and different activities. It's not a big deal if you... Oh, we already did the Philippines, you know. She said it doesn't... They don't... They're not worried about duplicating. So that's kind of cool. Um, They have their groups divided by nursery. I'm guessing that's the little kids that are not walking yet. Um, Right. And toddlers. Um, Pre-K... Um, first to third, and then they have four to seven boys and four to six girls in separate groups, and then they have seventh to twelfth in the biggest group. They Oh, and then I was asking her specifically how the... Um, like, what's the structure of the day? What's that look like? And she said they meet at one for group announcements. And this is actually a religious group. So they have a scr- scripture reading, a prayer, and a public speaking opportunity where kids, they sign up to present anything they'd like. So this is kind of like their little show-and-tell time. to so love that, do that idea. Yeah, that's really cool. So th- that gives them a chance to be able to do some public speaking, which um, Tieran would probably do. Maven probably would pass.
0: And Danielle would get up there and sing and tap dance. <laughs>
1: Uh, and I guess they get two to three minutes to present. And then the other kids can ask them questions. So that would be cool. Um, and then, let's see, then they break into their grade levels and they teach from about one thirty to 3. With a 15-minute recess anywhere the teacher feels is appropriate. Um, so basically, it's only an hour and a half class. Actually, less than an hour and a half class. So it's not really super long classes. So that, seemed, that part seemed pretty doable. Yeah. On a smaller scale for... A <laughs> <laughs> Um, And everyone has a different style. Some like more structure. Some are fine without. And the kids adapt. I like that too. I like that. That's one of the things that I like about the charter and about meeting with other people. Like allowing other parents to be in control of whatever an activity is. I think it's good for our kids to be around other adults doing things differently. You know.
0: I agree completely.
1: Teaching differently or leading differently or whatever. Just to have the variety of W- good or bad? I mean, really, because they need to be exposed to it all, not not to the level of bullying, of course, but right. <laughs> but um, you know, in a positive fashion. So, um, let's see. And it says the current co-op that she's with um, runs during the school year with a summer break, and there's no assumption that you will be that you will return the following year or that there will be a co-op the following year. We just run from year to year. I do like the idea of the flexibility, and I like the idea of a time frame. Yes, so that there's a beginning and an end versus an open-ended thing. Because back back in the day, <laughs> mm-hmm. I always wanted to do things open-ended. You know, baby fest, attachment Parody mommies, all exactly. that stuff. Exactly, everything
0: on. was like I don't know when it's going to end, but yeah, we're gonna gonna going to just keep going
1: forever. So I like the idea of having small, medium, or large, whatever the co-op is, having a beginning and an end to it, um, and then you can regroup and and come back together again and if you want to you know restart it again so so anyway that's um what i have the the information that i've gleaned from what i've read so far and i'm sure that there's lots and lots and lots more information out there about all kinds of neat ideas i really really like the idea of just getting together and doing the things that i can't seem to make happen in my own house (laughs) (laughs) That I think is like the, is, a, is a huge thing for, for homeschoolers, like I, I'm not so good at doing science experiments. You're fabulous at doing science <laughs> experiments. I'm not. I can't seem to make it happen. My kids are doing art projects left and right. I have no problem with that. but um, you know, science and oh God, if we could fi- find out a way to make math more fun. OK, so a long, long time ago, I discovered this thing called this math salon, um, that this woman in I believe is v- Richmond, Virginia. And there's a video, I'm putting the link in the notes, um, for this Richmond math salon. They made this whole video and I got so fascinated with this idea. It's basically a math co-op is what it is. They, they get together with all ages and they do math games and it's just all math (laughs) and it's making math fun. It's a lot of spatial stuff and puzzles and that kind of thing. So, um... That is something that we'll have to discuss at length at another show um, that was just kind of an aside, but I'm putting that into the show notes because I think some people might be interested in that because that's another topic. Um, the science and the math are the two things that I need the most help with in my own homeschooling. Which ones do you need the most help with,
0: uh, I definitely need help with math. <laughs> and um, actually, I could use some help with um, uh, writing. Danielle and I are having oh, yeah. trouble with getting the concept of you know, a good paragraph down
1: right so i think that
0: if we did something about and and of course you know write with the best hopefully that's going to help with that some but hopefully we can maybe work something in there about you know writing
1: yeah maybe we can do something with writing too because maven hasn't i've not really pushed her to do a whole lot of writing yet so so i'm thinking science math and because i know shauna was also talking about science because she has a hard time um making things happen with Kazo as well so that would work since you're so good at it (laughs) (laughs) and then I can find out more about this I love math so the problem with the math salon idea is that a lot of the stuff costs money like the games that they have cost money so um, we'll have to figure out maybe we can maybe we can see some of the stuff may be in the learning village library already. So <laughs> mm. <laughs> we'll have to see. So anyway, um, so that's our thing about co ops. So hopefully some people got something out of it. I know it's, it's, it's a very incomplete picture because there, you really could go on and on and on. And plus there's only so far that we can go with it right now being that we haven't actually done it yet. <laughs> so right. <laughs> so probably, uh, as time goes on and as we figure this out and give it a try, um, we will definitely report back and let you know what happens. And we want to hear from you guys too. So leave comments on the show notes so that we can find out about it.
0: Or call and leave us a voicemail. Yes.
1: (laughs) We love voicemails.
0: (laughs) got to throw that in there. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I think that was everything. I think so.
1: So if you like our show, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends all about us. Yes. And you can find us
0: on Twitter at Savvy Homeschool on Facebook, at facebook.com forward slash Savvy Homeschool Moms. On Pinterest at pinterest.com forward slash Savvy Homeschool. And we're on Instagram. where Savvy Homeschool Moms.
1: To so leave us a voicemail message. Please, please. <laughs> With your questions or comments, call 559-426-6670 or drop us an email at moms at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. For links to the resources
0: shared in this episode and a few notes on all of our shows you can visit us on the web at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com
1: You can also find Becky on the web at BeckyTatro.com and I can be found at HomeschoolRealm.com and the links for those are also on the Savvy Homeschool Moms website on our about pages
0: Well goodbye everybody, have a great week and come back and take a break with us
1: again Yep, goodbye! Bye! <laughs> I've forgotten what our first words. was asked in 20 days! i leg, all of a sudden, I just drew a complete <laughs> leg. <laughs> what do we say first? Uh, I'm Tina. Okay, got it. <laughs> oh my god, I totally did. I drew a complete leg. I'm like, what's my leg? <laughs> what's my leg? <laughs> Mine, please. <laughs> oh, god.
0: It's not me. It's the stupid computer.
1: <laughs> that was weird. You're like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Okay, wait a minute. Can we do that again? <laughs>
2: That's what I was going to say. It's your line. <laughs>